Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Talk Recorded live. Hi, we're going to go ahead and start the meeting this evening for the Common Sense Agenda for America. Um, and I would like to just say hello. It's been a little while since I've been able to um, run a meeting uh, such as this for a couple weeks because of being ill. So it's good to be back. And I just wanted to um, say to everybody that's here, um, again, welcome. And if you wouldn't mind, let's just go ahead and call the meeting to order and uh, do a roll call, please. So uh, if each of you could just let me know who's here and so that I can make a list. And Ashley, if you'll take care of that for meeting minutes, please. I will. Patricia. Pat. Marla. Ashley. <clears throat> and Jill. Anyone else I'm missing? Okay, so there are one, two, three, four, five of us here. Okay, um, and out of the people that are here this evening, can you tell me which of a which of uh, that's here was able to be on the call when Fabian did kind of a roundtable thing going over the issue of immigration? I was Ashley. Okay, I know I was as well. And anybody else? I was on the last part of it. Okay. Trisha? I wasn't. That was Trisha. Pat, I wasn't there. Okay, but um, Pat, you got to see it, uh, correct? Some of it. Some of it. I okay. <laughs> okay, right. Okay, and uh, all right, well, let me just kind of tell you a little bit. Marla, were you not on that call that day? I don't believe I was. Okay. Well, basically, what we did, uh, just to kind of give you an idea, um, first off, Ashley, because we didn't have a meeting last week, I don't suppose that we have any meeting minutes from last week. Um, no. Or the, what about the week prior? Um, I think we have some from that week. Okay. Would you like to go ahead and cover those just as a reminder to everybody? Because I know it will help me. Okay. Um, on October 13th, the meeting opened at 8 o'clock by Jill. Previous Previous minutes read was by Ashley. Attendance was Ashley, Mark, Joe, Barb, Marla, and Trisha and Pat. Um, We talked about what what each person was assigned to um, and that people needed more time to research their topics. Um, That's pretty much all I got from that. Okay. All right. All right. And so that was the end of the meeting minutes? Yes, and the call ended at 9.25. Okay, very good. Um, Now, as far as the, um, as you can see, it was was kind of a, kind of a a touch and go type of thing. I wasn't real pleased with how things worked out, um, to be honest with you. 
because it, some of these subjects, as Fabian and I had discussed, and others even on the call, um, you know, they're so in-depth. There's so much to learn about each one. And so rather than dissecting it, what we need to do is think about some common sense and kind of put our heads together uh, as far as what would the solutions be as opposed to what it all involves. Now, if it's something, if it's a, t a topic that we're dealing with that, you know, we're not familiar with or whatever, well, then that's what it is. Um, but uh, nevertheless, uh, we'll, you know, we'll get into that at that time. What I'd like to do, though, is kind of use the same format and do a roundtable so that we can actually, all of us contribute and take a moment to just take one step at a time and mention one thing, you know, and that's basically what we did for those that, that weren't here uh, for the call. Um, we basically went around to everybody that was on the call and just kept on. I mean, it was kind of like a tag team, <laughs> you know. Okay, here's the subject. Now, what can we do to improve upon it? And it seemed like the more that we thought about it, the more that we contributed, the more we thought, the more that came to us to add on to it, and so forth. And so. I'm going to just go over, um, Pat was kind enough, Pat Arnold was kind enough to um, agree to do a um, an executive summary of what we did that night. And um, so these are the topics that have been chosen by Ragtag Patriots to implement um, for necessary changes for a successful immigration program. And uh, the order and categorization of the topics is subject to change or approval by the Common Sense Agenda Committee members. That would be us. If we agree that it all sounds good, um, and then we'll send it on to the Board of Directors for their approval as well, in which case then they will go ahead and issue that as Topic 1 being completed. Um, and then any additional items may be added uh, if decided upon. So at this point, um, without further ado, I'm just going to kind of go down through the list of what Pat put together for us. Pat, I apologize if this is redundant for you. Um, okay. But, you know, that's, that's just going to be part of it <laughs> with helping out with it. So um, now, so this is what we came up with. There was um, two basic main situations that she summarized for us. One was improvements to the current or expired policies that they currently have right now for immigration. And the second one was um, an implementation of the of the following policy. So we first dealt with what was and then what we need to do to improve what is currently on, as a policy and then what we need to do in addition to. So uh, for number one, there's one, two, three, six different issues that were brought up under improvements to the current policy or, or maybe something that is expired, okay? And that was enforcement of current immigration laws um, to hire additional Border Patrol agents, mandatory verify, excuse me, mandatory e-verify for all states and to prosecute employer violations, um, strengthen and enforce the vetting process, improve the visa process, and actually I do believe, Pat, that the prosecute employer violations needs to go down with the improve the visa process. That's the only change that I could find there. That part of it needs to 
to be included with it rather than the mandatory E-Verify for all states. Are okay. you with me? Okay. Yeah. I, and I'm sorry, go ahead. Oh, no, I was just doing that because that had all to do with employment. Um, I don't know how that would go with the visa process because people who are coming to this country might not be applying for a job right off the bat if they're a legal immigrant. Um, well, yeah, okay, that's true. Um, but there are visa, there's the visa work program. Mm-hmm. That's something totally different. So how should we put that? Well, I would do the same thing there. I would simply say um, investigate and prosecute prosecute employer violations because they already know that there have been violations that have happened. Okay. All right. Um, as a matter of fact, I don't know, and I hate to keep bringing up Mr. Cruz, Helen Keller, but <laughs> but he, he was one where he was kind of called on the carpet this election about uh, the work visas because he had originally thought the program would be really good. It was designed, the program overall for the work visa was designed to help create more jobs, not to take them from Americans, Okay. And what happened was they were bringing in a bunch of people in here, and they were having people that were actively on the job as American citizens doing the job train these new people coming in and as um, on the work visa. And so once Ted found out what was going on with the program, that it was being abused, he put the brakes on the, the idea of uh, increasing it. So that kind of created some issues for him in the uh, campaign, okay? So improve the visa process, it would be for the, to investigate and prosecute the any and all employer violations on that one. So it's just, that's with the uh, line E. And then uh, the last one was to reinstate the 287G program. Okay, um, now the implementation of uh, following policies or additional policies there's a list of, it looks like nine of those. And what we have there uh, involves deporting incarcerated illegals and deporting advi- expired visa holders, uh, remove amnesty as even being something that the government looks at. We do not believe that it is something that they should even go after. Uh, end entitlements. Um, now, do you think that we should be a little bit more specific there, uh, as in other words, for um, end entitlements for illegals? What do you mean? I don't well, think they should have any entitlements if they're illegal. I mean, well, that's what I'm saying. It's yeah. for illegals, but there are people that are here that come into our country that are legally immigrated in, and they they should still have the opportunity to receive entitlements, or do you think they should? Okay, I see what you're saying. So change um Just put in entitlement. Entitlement um, to illegals. For yeah, illegal, all yeah. illegals, right, right. Yeah. Okay. And then E, remove anchor baby clause. Uh, we've got stop funding sanctuary cities, and stop inter-country wire transfers. 
the money transfers. Um, now, if we were to do that, this does relate solely to to illegal immigrants, or does that does that do you think that should apply to legal immigrants? Do you think people should be able to immigrate to this country legally and still send money back to a different uh, country? If they're here legally, I don't think I would have a problem with it. What they do with their money that they have earned is their business. Exactly. So you might want to just put uh, on the inter-county, uh, or excuse me, inter-country wire transfers in parentheses maybe illegals in parentheses so that we're specific for them. Okay. Because I could see where just worded as it is, it could could create a, an issue. Uh, partner with Mexican government uh, for zero tolerance for drug cartels. And last but not least, build the wall <laughs> and deploy the. Uh, I get I get a sense of just chills going over me after every time Trump said it this year. Uh, deploy the National Guard to the border until wall is built. And uh, and that pretty much wraps it up. So does that all still sound correct? And uh, for those that were a part of the roundtable the other day, does that sound like it pretty much um, sounds like it, it covers everything with, that relates to immigration that we feel is necessary to improve upon? I think it does. Okay. From what I heard, I think it does too. Okay. Um, should we vote on it? I think we should. Okay. Well, then um, I'm going to go on. Since this is just a small group of us, um, I'm going to ask each person individually. So, Tricia, do you agree that this is going to cover the common sense agenda uh, on the the um, for the purpose of immigration? Yes, I do. Okay. And Pat? Um, yes, I do with the changes that we made tonight. Okay. And Marla? Uh, yes, I do. Okay. And Ashley? Yes. Okay. And since there's uh, four, and I'm not going to vote, uh, that pretty much does it. So we're going to go ahead and pass it through the common sense agenda. Is Mark here? Hello? I thought I heard somebody jump on the phone. Um, okay, we're going to go ahead and pass that then and uh, put that forward to the Board of Directors for their approval on the on the topic of immigration to be included. So if, Pat, you could make those few minor changes and email a copy of it over to me. Um, since you've got Fabian's address, you're welcome to, um, well, actually best to send it to me um, I'll proofread it and then forward it on to Fabian, uh, letting him know that I'm putting my stamp of approval on it. Alrighty. Okay. And um, so that takes care of that. And boy, uh, that'll be interesting when uh, we do talk with the others and say, "Well, that one's off of our list." <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, now, you know, I thought about health co- healthcare was pretty popular on our list, and I thought about jumping into that one next. Um, but what I wanted to, to do, I'm going to kind of 
couple of rank this evening because I think it's necessary. Um, I think with a lot of the stuff that we're hearing in the campaigns, um, I think with the upcoming election we've got coming up, that's it's, <coughs> pardon me, of us utmost importance. And I just wanted to see about getting some feedback at this point from you. Um, for uh, I, I basically wanted to suggest that we tackle the issue of national security next, which would include the issue with refugees coming in. And I wanted to kind of expand on that as well, since that's something that is of an immediate need. Hey, Jill, can I ask you a quick question? Sure, go right ahead. Um, from now on, are we just going to do the roundtable like we did with immigration, or are we going to do it completely different? No, we're going to use the roundtable model. Okay, that's I just want to make sure. Okay, that's fine. And if you if you want to note that in the meetings, that'll be meeting minutes. That would be great, so that for those that aren't here, I can make sure they get a copy, and that way they're aware of how we're going to handle things moving forward. Okay. Um, I mean, if it's the thing of it is, I I appreciate the fact that we all live busy lives. <coughs> And uh, we can even discuss, you know, what topics we're going to tackle the following week so that if we want to do some research on it, when we've got some spare time, we can so that we've got some things to bring with us to the next, you know, to the next meeting. Um, but what I think would be a really good idea would be to do it in a roundtable format because, like I said, the more we went around the room, I mean, we must have, Fabian, are you on the call? Yeah. Okay. How many times would you say we went around to each and every body for, um, um, you know, ideas on common sense on immigration? Four or five, and we probably could have went around another time. The The concept is just to go around until people run out of ideas. Right. And then you go back over your list and look at yep. it from everybody discuss it and decide, okay, can we tone this one up? Can we tone this one down? Or do uh -huh. we need to investigate more? Exactly. Right. Now, I, I will you. tell you, um, I know that you guys have have approved the immigration one, and that's excellent. Now, when the board looks at it, and I know there's a couple of board members on here, I want you all to understand that we're going to look at it from a different perspective, okay, than what you guys have looked at it. And don't be surprised if at least one line item that I know of comes back for you guys to look at. Okay. Okay. I intentionally okay. stayed out of the discussion. Uh, so which I one heard that it. might be? I'm sorry? You know which one that might be? I know exactly which one it is. Well, which one is it? The one that involves posse comitatus. Which is? Does anybody know which one involves posse comitatus of the line items that you all approved for immigration? I, I don't off the top of my head. Okay, well, let me tell you what posse comitatus is. Posse comitatus is where the United States military cannot be deployed within U.S. borders. So be the National... The National Guard to the border. To the yes. Border. That one, it's legitimate, and it can be done. But I think mm -hmm. there needs to be a subline in there that we need to change that and put have the National Guard do training maneuvers on the border until wall is built. 
that way the two weeks, you know, you hear everybody say in the guard, it's one weekend a month, two weeks a year. Yeah. Well, they can stagger out those two weeks training throughout the 52 weeks of the year so that they're training on that southern border, and then there's not an issue of deployment within uh, that would violate posse comitatus. Okay, so the deployment word needs to come out and just yes. but use the National Guard in training maneuvers uh, at the borders until wall is built. Or just put have National Guard train on the border train on until the border. wall okay. is built. Okay. Um, so, Pat, did you get that change, hon? I'm writing it down now. Oh, are you? <laughs> okay. Well, I mean, that would just, unless you all want to leave it as is. But no, I'll no, tell you, I, I get where you're say, what you're talking about. The it's going to come back. Now. Yeah. The others are pretty buttoned up. The only other one that would concern me that, that and I'm the one that suggested it, <laughs> but in hindsight, I think if I'm going to, wow, Tennessee is just poor old Jacksonville. Uh, Are they slamming him? Oh, the guy had him wrapped up, didn't finish tackling him. He just took off running. He's like shoved him off well, like a little now, arch. That that you know what that he's out. Are, right are we still recording? Um, we are. I was just gonna say, um, you know, that's they deserve this after the beating they took by Alabama. Wrong Tennessee. Wrong Tennessee. Uh, oh. Was it the wrong, wrong Tennessee? Wrong Tennessee, <laughs> and uh, we will be laying the smack down on whoever we play this weekend. So, okay. Uh, anyway, back. I think we play South Carolina this weekend. Anyway, back to the point at hand. The only other one that we may want to reword or look at, and I'm the one that suggested this one too, and that's the anchor baby clause. I Anchor baby seems such a strong way to put it. There may not be another way to put it, but at least as a board member, I'm going to be thinking about how we can better word that particular line. Okay. Um, it may not, how it about may remove not be automatic able to citizenship to babies born to illegal immigrants? Well, the problem is that the way the Constitution is worded and the way our laws are, it, I need to research it a little more and figure out matter of fact, we'll put Mark on that. But uh, as as a general whole, I think it I think it's overall good. I just think maybe when we look at it at the board, we look at it a different way to word that particular line. Everything else is great though. Okay. And Mark is on the call, by the way. Hi, Mark. Hello, Mark. <clears throat> Hello, everyone. How are you? We're great. How about yourself? Glad you could join us. I'll add you to the roster list. Okay. Okay. <laughs> hey, Jill, do you want to ask him to vote on the summary or no? Um, Mark, did you hear uh, the entire summary for the exec for the um, executive summary that's been prepared? You were on the call. Mark was on the call when we did the roundtable with Fabian on immigration. You remember? No, I wasn't. You weren't? No. Okay. I could I thought you were. All right. Well we went around the room and um did uh kind of a round table with uh Fabian. This was an off day on immigration and 
we probably went around the room, around the room, around the everybody on the phone line, with giving one in answer with regards to how they would improve immigration. Okay, and we came up with a huge list. Probably went around round the round table five times, and um, consequently came up with an executive uh, summary uh, for immigration for common sense. Um, reform, okay, so or for the agenda. So, and we have since, before you re- got here, I don't know when you first joined the call, but we have uh, also um, reviewed it and we have voted on it. And we voted on it to go ahead and make a few minor changes, which Pat Arnold is handling for us, and, um, and then it's going to be submitted to the board, okay, just to kind of get you up to speed. So how long have you been on the call? Does that sound good to you? Sounds good. Okay. Um, Just a few changes. Um, Again, just to recap on those, uh, we want to put the prosecute employer violations, Pat, uh, also with the visa process. And uh, um, under number one, and then under number two, um, we talked about... um, changing, uh, uh, what was that, uh, make the National Guard uh, train at the border until the wall is built. Is that, did I forget anything? Uh, And the entitlements to illegals, the word illegal. That's right. Thank you. Thank you. Okay. Yeah, we want to be specific about that. Okay. Okay. Now, one of the things that I also noticed, uh, let's see here. It was Lucia. That was remove zero tolerance, I think. Where does it mention the um, drug cartel? Zero tolerance for drug cartels. Um, So the person that mentioned this, um, and I don't know if anybody on the call remembers it, but partnering with Mexican government and zero tolerance for drug cartels, do you all remember what the purpose of that was for? Uh, I mean, obviously trying to keep the drugs out of the country, but um, partnering in what way is what I'm curious about. Does anybody know the answer to that? Can we change the word partner to work with Mexican government as opposed to partner? Wouldn't that be the same thing? No. I don't know. I'm just asking. A partner in a business is not the same thing as working with somebody. Okay. But um, in my opinion, we should leave things the way they are until the board sees it. And then when they give their recommendations, then we go from there. Okay. So we already well, voted on what we had done so far. Since we voted on it, that's fine. That's fine. Just make the few main, few main changes that you did. Um, and then, um, like I said, please send that to me. I will approve it as a chair and send it on to Fabian. Okay. All right. Okay. And... Um, <clears throat> Just off the cuff, does anybody have any suggestions um, and or feedback 
with regards the, to the of the idea being the next one to cover uh, is national security. I agree. It's as good as any. Yeah. Is everybody okay with that? Because well, we put the list together. Um, Ashley, do you still have a copy of that list handy? Oh gosh. Um, I might. I'll have to look. Okay, because I mean, I I went and put them in order based on how we had all voted, you know, according to priority, if you will. You know, whichever topic got the most votes, you know, sent to me is how I basically set it up. But I thought about it over the last few days. Mm -hmm. And with everything that's going on with the election and the potential, I'm saying potential, for Clinton to get into office, we've got to be prepared in the event that, you know, um, God forbid she does open the borders. I don't think Congress, pardon me? I said she will. Well, I believe that. So, um, hey, Jill, sorry. According to my minutes that I have from that, National and Homeland Security got four votes. So that would be our next one. It is the next one. Okay, good. All right. So, um, just off the cuff, going around the room, first off, let me just stop for a minute. Instead of trying to give us all a, a, a feedback today, does anybody have feedback that they want to give about the topic of national security or uh, homeland security at this point? In other words, if we were to do a roundtable, is there one, one thing you could give to improve upon it at this point? Because I was going to ask Mark. I was going to ask Mark to talk to us about what he knows with his political background on the Office of Homeland Security right now. Well, I'm not Mark, but something that I think need to remember: national security and homeland security are two different things. Okay. Okay. So let me give you an example. National security deals with anything outside the borders. Homeland security deals with anything inside the borders. Okay. okay. So, kind of a thought. National security would be dealing with how, how other countries might be affecting us. Correct? Homeland security well, is how it that we're safe and secure in our own homeland. That's the point. Okay. Just differentiate between the two. Well, then maybe we should split it up. Um, Is Mark on the call? Yes. (laughs) Mark, are you on the call? Yes, I'm here. Okay. Um, Can you give us a little feedback on what you know um, referencing national security, just given your political background? Okay, national security is anything outside of the borders. So you're mainly looking at your your five branches of the services. Um, um, Your your NSA, your um, 
CIA to a small extent your your, your FBI but that's only when Americans are involved overseas um, I mean there's a host of there's probably like 15 intelligence agencies um with that and 15 about 15 intelligence no, no there's 13 intelligence agencies working in the United States okay and i i think for the most part you want to you want to divide between the secretaries Homeland Security, and you have the Department of Defense. Okay. And what would you say the primary function of the Department of Defense is? In Uh, comparison to, say, for example, Homeland Security or National Security? Well, the the Department of Defense is National Defense. Okay, national defense, all right. Homeland Security is just that, Homeland Security. So the Department of Defense oversees the military? Yes, it does. Okay. Okay, and NSA, uh, can you tell us a little bit more about that? NSA is more or less an intelligence service, gathering service inside the United States. But okay. they also fraud and all that. They function similar to the CIA. No. No. No, no, no. No, 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 no. CIA is not allowed to operate within U.S. borders. Okay, so they're all outside of the country. Okay. The NSA also has to have special clearance to operate inside our borders. The National okay. Security Agency function they their primary job is to spy on our uh, <laughs> spy on other countries. Another country. They work in right, conjunction right. with the CIA. Okay. Okay. Well, they do the intelligence um, and data breakdown that the CIA collects. Okay. Hence, why they had to have special warrants to do wiretaps inside the United States on Verizon and all those others. Gotcha. Overseas, they don't have to have those. Okay. All right. So, um, on the issue of national defense, um, we're heading into with the Department of Defense, the military. And with that being the case, um, does anybody in this roundtable meeting have any input on how we can improve upon things for the military? Oh, where does the list begin? But why are we putting the list under Homeland Security or National Security, for that matter? Well, National Security is outside of the country, which is the military. Yeah, but the the military's own entity has its own – it would be – we could spend two months dealing just with national security on the military side of things. Okay. Well, so we've I would got military, military and defense on the list. And I would separate from national security. I would do security. defense and military separate. Okay. And homeland security would be, you know, it, if I need to throw the first one out there, uh, homeland security so would we be. you want us to use, then, okay. So then drop the national security for now. We'll deal with it later. And we'll deal with homeland security. Is there? Here's a question: Is there a topic that isn't going to change with the election? Because the securities and the military is going to change depending on who's on who wins. So is there? 
is there another topic that we can pick up that's not really going to be affected directly by the president? <laughs> well, we have entitlement reform, okay, which that, fall, that really falls under something that we've on immigration, okay, but entitlement no, but, reform for people in the United States or Americans is totally different. Yes. So, so okay. you know, it could start with enti- start with entitlement reforms, and I'll throw the first one out there: a forensic <laughs> review of every single person on Social Security disability, okay. and a reframing of the eligibility requirements for disability. Because if you're an alcoholic, you don't need a disability check. You need to go to a a uh, couple of AA meetings and go to a dryout program. Okay. Okay. Um, now, I, I'm going to play devil's advocate for a minute, Fabian. Uh, love you, man. Um, however, I do know that since the 1980s, this country and the physicians therein have believed that... Um, Alcohol and chemical dependency is a disease. It is a disease. I agree. But it's not one that the taxpayers ought to prop up. The whole the whole original concept of Social Security disability were those that were unable to work based on physical or mental limitation, not a chemical dependency. Put the damn bottle down long enough to go to an eight-hour-a-day job. You can't work. We don't need to be giving you money to sit on the street corner and drink. Right. I would agree. There's all kinds of able-bodied people out there that have a chemical dependency that still manage to go to work. The same with certain mental conditions. I know of many, many people that because they have some form of bipolar disorder are now receiving big, fat checks. Well... Why is it our responsibility to pay for that? Take your medication, be regulated. Now, severe cases, I understand. But there are a lot of able-bodied people that are sitting at home uh, getting $10 a month cable and an Obama phone and you know all this stuff when they could be contributing to society. If we need to help them in some degree, fine. But total 110% dependence upon that check, no. Okay. Well, then, how about um, how about if we looked at the idea of partial disabilities, whereby it would involve a smaller amount, not enough to sustain a home, this is but enough to offset. This is one of the areas where I think some form of government uh, oversight is a good thing, and I'll tell you why. Right now in Kentucky, there's a gentleman that was featured on 60 Minutes about a year ago that he makes money by getting people disability checks. And there is a disability judge, a disability lawyer, and doctors all involved in making this happen. Well, instead of giving incentives to get people on these checks, which is what happens, why don't we give incentives to keep them off? Or pay these doctors, and these doctors make you know, their salary based on working for the feds and have these people reviewed where they have nothing to gain by putting people that don't need to be on it on it. There's a financial gain by putting people on these programs. Okay? 
Well, that's, you that's your problem. That's corruption. If you don't should have... should not be any financial gain. Are you talking about if they go and win the court case for that person and they get a certain percentage of it? <laughs> no, I think that's totally legitimate. Okay, me too. Here, here's how it works, okay? Here's what how kind it works. Of a, you're, are you talking about a kickback of some sort? I'm getting ready to explain it. When I decide I want to file for disability, I file a claim. That claim gets denied. Okay? Social Security outright will deny you twice. Okay? On that third time, you get a lawyer, you go in there, they're most likely going to approve you. Okay? And I have huge problems with that, number one. Number two, I have huge problems with, you can go to a doctor. That doctor can say, well, you're 75% disabled. Well, you can go get a second opinion, and and once you get a lawyer, this lawyer is going to send you to their doctor. (coughs) Their doctor, you know, a couple hundred bucks in their pocket, they grease the wheels. Well, then you go to the disability judge, and the disability judge, nine times out of ten, is just a local lawyer that's been made a magistrate for the feds. Okay? Well, he has lunch with the lawyer that's defending you, and, well, he gets those big $100 meals for steak and all this and that. You see what I mean? And it happens. It's rampant. If you go and look, you will find, if you were to do a forensic audit of every case, and you were to change the criteria for that particular program, <coughs> okay, for example, remove the fact that they're alcoholics, been on this. On this. Now, if you're an alcoholic and you've got psoriasis of the liver, cirrhosis of the, cirrhosis, cirrhosis of the liver, different story, okay? If you've got a form of cancer, you've got, you know, something that prevents you from working that isn't manageable, then that's one I do thing. know that I do know that they have um, a criteria for each illness. When my brother went through it, they do, but uh, it's so the bar is so low when it comes to chemical dependencies that it's pathetic. Well, that I don't know about, and that perhaps it should just be that part of it that should be you know reviewed and and made more you know stringent is what I'm thinking. Because I know that they do have implemented for like if it's your heart or if it's you know a pulmonary or if it's they uh, they do mental or you know they've got that checklist that if you don't fall within every one of those little things on their checklist you're not disabled. But chemical dependencies are a little different and mental illness is a little different. So yeah, I think it just needs to be a forensic review. Okay, all right. Overall review, and it can be more specific down the line. <laughs> okay. Well, I mean, I just want to make sure that we're covering the bases is all. Um, okay. So a review on everybody on Social Security disability. Um, what about the the uh, the age to be able to file for retirement? Did it be changed? That, that is a no-win topic. What's that? I missed it. Sorry. I said I asked about what about the age limit? Should that be should that be changed? For, when For what? Can legitimately retire. Oh yeah, that's you can't touch that one. No. Okay. No, that's that's taboo. They've already done that. They're gonna put a Greek. I know they have. 
they don't get our approval on anything. They just do it. So that's well, why we have to come back with a vengeance on anything that we want. Now, personally, are I you wanting to raise the retirement age or lower it? No, no, no. I was thinking that um, that people ought to be able to retire at pretty much whatever age they want to if they can afford to. Now, if they need Social Security, it's been 65 for how long and 62 for how long? Right. Okay. Well, my dad falls under the 62 category. So does my sister. And others will fall under 65, and then I think my generation is 67. Well, I think that they should do a forensic review of age of all people right now during this time frame, and once every 10 years of the uh, the average age that people are falling uh, prey to dis- disabilities and to – because you know what? I'm tired. I don't know about anybody else, but I'm tired of hearing about – all the crap they're throwing in our foods so that big corporations can make money that causes us to become ill. So I think that if they threw on there, if we had a review of the age in which a person could legitimately retire once every 10 years, okay, uh, for the purpose of just looking overall at how people are doing, how many people in their 50s are filing for disability. That might help decrease the number of disability Social Security cases you have. But they won't know until they actually study it. So what do you think about that? The earlier you let a person turn on Social Security, and with that happening, the faster Social Security will be depleted. Okay. Uh, And I'm not arguing that it should be sooner. What I'm saying is, is that if somebody has paid in for 35 years of their life, their working life, okay, then if it makes sense that the average lifespan of a man and woman is 68, or I guess it's late 60s for a man and, what is it, early 70s for a woman? I believe that's what they said lately. That's dropped. It used to both have both sexes in the 70s so while they they're they're portraying that everybody's living longer i don't agree with them in fact look at the number of child cancer deaths there are in this country while you're at it i actually sat down and interviewed a gentleman who was a nurse working for a hospital for an entry level position within an advertising agency He sat down in his nice Armani suit. He had his wonderful, nice, shiny shoes on. And I took one look at him, and I said, why in the world are you looking to leave the job, the career that you have gone to school for and that you've become, you know, employed in uh, for an entry-level position? He said, because I can no longer work in an industry, especially on a a, – hospital floor that treats children who are dying of cancer when I know for a fact that our country has a cure for it. So, you know, there's game plan going on no matter where you look. That's how I see it. Whether it be for money or for whatever. So, for me personally, I just think it would be a really good idea to look at the average age of retirement and have that be a review once every 10 years. That's my suggestion. Anybody have another suggestion? 
I can't really complain because I was allowed to uh, get on Social Security through my deceased husband when I was only 63. Okay. Had you not worked? Oh, I was working up until that point. Okay. Um, Not to sign up for my Social Security until I was 70 because I I would get a lot more. I see. That was by Social Security. I gotcha. Okay. Okay. Um, well, okay. So uh, are we only looking at Social Security as far as entitlements? How about um, immigrants? How about immigrants that move in? this country, how are they getting possibly, whether they're legal or illegal, how are they getting any of our of our entitlement money when they haven't paid into it? Look who's running the country. Well, I mean, does anybody know? Because I sure don't. That's the only thing I can say. Okay. Well, how about this then? How about no entitlements to anybody entering into this country legally until they've worked long enough to create enough of the points. That's sensible. Isn't that what we have to do, is earn enough credits? More or less. Okay, well, that would be my suggestion then. I think, well, I mean, you tell me. (laughs) <clears throat> do you think somebody that's 55 or 60 years old coming in as a legal in- immigrant um, should be able to get entitlement money? Nope. No. They haven't worked for it. If I stayed working until I was 66, until now, I would have been working 50 years. So I'm more than qualified. Right. To claim it, even at 63. Right. Oh, well, at 62, as long as you've got the proper amount of... Well, and and for Social Security disability, you have to have a certain number of credits earned before you can ever file for disability under the age of 62. So I'm just wondering if there should be an age limit put on that, too. I mean, we can't very well do that because you've got disability from people that are born that way. That's incorrect because you could have never worked a day in your life and collect Social Security disability. If you're if you're legitimately disabled at a young age, well, I mean, there's hearing impaired, there's blind people. I mean, I get all that. I'm talking about people filing for disability that have worked. I, I'm asking here. I'm, I'm not say, telling. I'm just asking. <laughs> well, my father went through this about two years ago. My, my father worked four, 40 years of his life, right. and he had five back surgeries in one year. Yep, that'll do it. And the Social Security Administration interviewed the doctors and the company he worked for and did a small interview with him, well, the next thing you know, he was approved. Didn't have to go through all the denial crap and all of this crap. He was 
immediately approve because, one, he worked his years. Two, he was 59. Okay. But we didn't, he didn't have to go through the hassle of getting a lawyer, going in front of a judge, and all of that stuff. Well, that was because he met the criteria, Mark. Each, well, yeah. each illness, you have a criteria. My brother was in the same boat. He filed in six months after he got it. Okay, he needed a heart transplant. <laughs> okay, um, the only problem with that, and and when I say that, and my brother was in his mid forties when it happened to him, and um, so he was. <coughs> <coughs> what's this? This is, will really raise hair on the back of your neck. Okay, there are there's a list of criteria, and I know that. Um, um, they continue to have you go to the doctors, and he did. And uh, the only thing that would fix my brother, he had two congenital heart issues that had he been born with one and not the other, he would not have survived childbirth, okay? Couldn't be fixed by an operation, had to have a new heart. So they would shock him back to normal rhythm when it would get out of whack, and they controlled it with meds for as long as they could, all right? Um the last time he went to the doctor, he was told that he needed to start thinking about checking into the hospital to wait for a heart. He never told us. Because one in four people that need a heart get one. Okay. Hey, Jill. Yep. We're looking at this issue purely from a personal level, okay? And we can't do that. We have to look at it from the cumulative effect. So instead of going hyper-local with this, Okay, so we already know that we need a forensic review of Social Security disability, which is separate from Social Security. Social Security is the black hole of politics, and we're not touching it. Yeah, that's completely retirement age. Okay, yes, uh, we leave that leave that one alone. And the, that entitlement, that is a paid-into situation, and we have to look at it. We have to look at it. Little, little, little. We have to look at it very differently than these others. Um, so oh, Wait a minute. Entitlements for legal immigrants? Oh, why are we talking about entitlements for legal immigrants? Because if they're legal, here's the thing. Because they're, they're legal, getting them. Are they legal? Because they're getting them. Jill, are we talking yes. about illegal? Some are, are legal and legal? Some, are Ill- some are legal and some are illegal. Okay, the illegals have been addressed in the previous... Uh, but the legal ones were left off purposely. Yes, because if you are here legally, then you are entitled to the benefits that this country has. Now, then you have to look at it from the whole prism. Okay, okay. what, issues, what benefits need to be tightened up? Welfare. Or, Readdressed. Okay. Welfare encompasses four or five different programs. Okay. It in, it encompasses TANF, temporary assistance to needy families. It yeah, encompasses that's food WIC. stamps, right? No. Food stamps is food stamps. TANF is cash that's the umbrella program for WIC, uh, <coughs> cash assistance, and food stamps. But as a whole, if you break those three up, there's three. You've got other cash assistance, and I'll tell you one that right now has become a major problem, unemployment. That's an entitlement. Okay? Um, 
Medicare, Medicaid. People pay into Medicare. Yes, people do pay into Medicare, and Medicare is, again, one of those black holes of politics, so we'll set that over with Social Security and forget about it. But Medicaid, which in 37 states falls under Obamacare. Medicaid? So, yes. Yeah, so, I, know. I mean, Thankfully, we just my need to start one of them. I guess one of the things <laughs> that needs to be done, uh, if it, and I know time's running short, but maybe start with Ashley. And let's just make a list of what's considered an entitlement and then go from there. Then we can determine, okay, what do we want under the entitlements list and what can we put somewhere else? Okay. Obviously, Medicare, <coughs> Medicare, Medicaid, and Social Security are not going to be dealt with in here. We, we want to put those under Obamacare and under its own umbrella. So maybe this week come up with a list of what we consider entitlements and then next week we can work on. Well, I'm I'm afraid that we're not coming up with anything. We haven't right now because we've been on the wrong topic. Can't make it personal. Remember, you have to look at the big picture. Disability is I not an entitlement. Social Security okay. disability was given to us first. Yes, okay, I did that. Right. Okay. And it was for a forensic review. Of all Social Security disability. Okay. Um, All right. I just had said that they needed to look at legal immigrants and what they were given in terms of things like welfare entitlements upon moving into this country. If they're coming in here to to have the American dream, it isn't to come into the United States have the American dream legally and not get a job, but, but if there's but we've got yes. over ninety million people uh, ourselves that are Americans without jobs, so how can they possibly come in here and be entitled to anything before Jill, the Americans are? They're legal, so you can't put them in a separate class. That violates the Constitution. Okay. If they're illegal, it's one thing. If they're legal. You can't put them in a in a third class. They're in the class of uh, protected under the Constitution, so we have to address them. Okay, the so whole we just thing. have to look at things like welfare and WIC, you change, and cash assistance, and food you change stamps. the. Well, that's why we go around everybody and get a list. But okay. you change the criteria of the program, and you don't you don't go and target one particular class. You change the criteria. Now, if that particular group of people doesn't fall under it after you change the criteria. That's a different story. Did y'all get that? But we need to do it from the entitlements of America, uh, from Americans, because we've already done the immigration part of it. That is okay. correct. So let's no go for it. Go back. So no let's go. To go I'm going to zip my lip, and you all can just give us some lists here. What do you want me to write down for list? I put down requirements. What did Are you say? I said food stamp requirements. Yep. Okay. Requirements for food stamps? Mm-hmm. Well, the whole, I just said the food stamps because the whole thing is what they should be allowed to get with it and who's qualified to get it and everything. Just put the, the general category of food stamps. Well, the problem with that is 
the federal government allocates money through the Department of Agriculture for food stamps to each state. So the state will pretty much determine their criteria for eligibility. Okay. Well, that's semi-true. No. Well, that's the way it works in my state. They can, well, again, semi-true. They can determine the income bracket. They can determine the job situation. Some states require you to be looking for work or community service or things like that. Right. But that is it. As far as the amounts, that is determined based on the cost of living of a state set by the feds. Okay. Also, and I agree with Pat, but there's a case right now working its way through the appellate court system where McDonald's has sued the federal government because they want to be able to accept EBT for hot food. And there is a ruling in the there is a ruling in the lower court. And this was a uh was a liberal court, but there's a ruling that it is unconstitutional to regulate what type of food can be can be bought with the food assistance program. Because, you know, for years it's been cold foods and blah, blah, blah. Um, but McDonald's has sued. I know that Burger King sent an affidavit, and some of the other restaurants have sent affidavits. And most legal beagles think that it's going to make its way to the Supremes, and if it does with the court the way it currently is, it'll pass. Yeah, they'll, they'll just refuse to hear the case, which will leave the lower which will leave the lower court's ruling in order in uh, intact. Well, let me just put it to you this way. I'd rather see people on food stamps walk into a McDonald's and buy a dollar hamburger and dollar fries than I would uh, a rock lobster at the grocery store. Well, then we're going to be contributing to obesity, heart disease, any other number of things that... Uh, I see. So you think they'll open themselves up for liability that way? No, I think they'll be protected from liability. What I think it'll be is Obamacare and Medicaid footing the bill. So that's just something to think about. But I do think, and and Ashley's right, uh, that system needs to be looked at very closely. I think it should just be limited to grocery. Whatever's available in grocery stores, people should be able to buy. If they're given, if they don't know how to be a, a thrifty shopper, that's their own problem. You know what I'm saying? In other words, if they run out of money or they run out of food before the end of the month, before they get their next food stamp increment, whatever it is, then that's too bad. Well, uh, I, hmm. I'm I don't think I would open up the the restaurants to them because if you open that, if you open that up to Burger King and fast food. Then you got to open it up to all the restaurants. Yeah, I think you're going to let the, the fast food industry and not, you know, the fine dining industry. That doesn't make any sense. It's, I don't it's think no it's limited to just. The point is not to get it defined by industry. The point is to get it defined by uh, food type. So anyway, so we what all do we have on the list? We've got. So in other words, you're going to regulate them to just be able to eat hamburger and and uh, and hamburger helper and and nothing that would be necessarily good for them, uh, as opposed like eating fish or shrimp or or uh, steak. 
You can buy that in a grocery store. With, with yeah, that's what I was saying. It, I'm just saying that he said it, w- it would come down to what you're, what you're eating, and I don't think that's going to fly either. So, I mean, because what we're doing is we're stamp- – we're, look – if you're t- if we're talking about telling people what they're what they can eat, we're taking talk about taking freedoms. Food, clothing, and shelter, and sex are the four main needs of man. Period. You start messing with those things, and that's when there's a problem. So that's why I kind of I am at a loss, if you will, of where to go with this particular issue. Well, why not? I thought we were just going to get the topics. If we get the topic like oh, the food stamp program, then later on we can discuss what we want to do and change about it. I thought we were just coming up with the different topics. Okay. Not going over each one. Okay. So, well, with food stamp, then you've got the cash assistance. I mean, you want to look at everything that relates to welfare? We need to. Okay. Okay. So that would be WIC, the cash assistance, and the food stamp program. And also, I think um, Medicaid in terms of health care, I guess. Unemployment needs to be looked at, too. And unemployment, yeah. Yes, it does. Okay, so there's one, two, three. How many of us are here right now? Is there five or six? Maybe six. There's six in the call. Okay. Well, then why don't we just Medicaid take that take that off the list because we do if we're going to do healthcare reform, that's where Medicaid's going to go. That's what I thought too. But we're going to also deal with. You got to understand. You know, these things do overlap. We knew that coming into this. Hang on a minute. Healthcare is going to be Medicaid. Jobs, economy, and Department of Commerce, we're going to handle unemployment. So the entitlements really come down to the... Why would the Department of Commerce handle unemployment? I'm not saying that the Department of Commerce does. I'm saying that the that the per, unemployment falls under um, Department of the Labor. Issue of a Department of okay, Department of Labor. My point is is that in my notes I had on our list. Did I say Department of Commerce incorrectly? Hang on a minute. I may have. We had jobs and economy. As uh, listed as as a a, a topic issue that we're going to be covering, okay? So wouldn't unemployment fall under that? Yes and no, because we want to have under our jobs category. We want to we want to create more jobs with this. Okay, with this we're going to look at it as as strictly an entitlement. I got gotcha. you. Strictly entitlement, yes. Okay, that's fine. So we will include unemployment. But Medicaid, 
We're going to cover that under healthcare. That's not under healthcare. But the, the reason why we're doing we could do it like that is many of the states are using the Medicaid program through Obamacare. Right. Or they increased it through Obamacare. Yes. That much another I do one. know. Another one we need to look at is Section 8 housing. Or HUD? From HUD, yes. Okay. All right. Wasn't that one of those agencies that we thought maybe we might be able to live without? <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, well, unfortunately for a lot of people, Section 8 is something that people can't live without. And you would you would displace a whole lot of elderly people if you did if you took that away. So, you know, I mean, this is supposed to be for reforming and I'm just wondering what it is. What would you do differently there, Mark? See, this the is the with, thing I wanted to mention. You know, in, in my conversations with Fabian, he and I discussed it, and, you know, he made the comment, which I agreed, that there are going to be certain things that we're, not, that we're going to touch on that we're not going to change. And if we don't, that's okay. We're just going to leave it as it is. In other words, it's okay. So we just have to come to that conclusion, in which case we'll keep it on the list, but we won't, <clears throat> we won't reform it. We'll just leave it. What we need to look at is, we're not trying to get grandma kicked out of the house. And we're not trying to turn off her food stamps. What we're trying to do is make the system, <clears throat> make the people who have been corrupting the system, right, cheating the system, make them get off. So then I've got it. For food stamp, go after food stamp fraud. How about exactly. that one? The same thing with Section 8 fraud. The same thing with welfare fraud. How about we just list fraud as as a topic? Well, fraud is probably the main one we need to work work. They can all be used fraudulently if that's what you're referring to. Because there are a lot of people in this country who live off of the government and only vote for a living. While they are able-bodied, they have bucked the system so that they don't have to do anything except wake up and go to a ballot box every day. Oh, I know. I know a guy that went on disability, and the reason he got it, and his uncle, that was a very good friend of mine, disowned him. Uh, he went on it because he couldn't handle rules on a job. What? He got it. He couldn't handle rules, following rules on a job. That's pathetic. Yeah. Now, I kid you not, he was granted it, and he had a wife and a couple kids, and I guarantee you they paid retroactive back to the tune of thousands of dollars. So I get the whole fraudulent deal. Believe me, I do. Okay, I get it. Everybody's probably got a, a story they could tell, you know, of somebody that they know or have been introduced to or whatever. So it'd be at a horror story or, or something that they found out about with regards to the whole fraudulent stuff, uh, because it does go on a lot. People, uh, you know, people get on food stamps and then they go and reuse it was for somebody else. That's illegal, highly illegal, but it's done all the time. So I get what you're saying. Um, what about uh, so what I've got here is forensic review on Social Security disability. 
I've got uh, looking at welfare, food stamp requirements, <clears throat> uh, cash assistance, WIC, and other forms of, of uh, government welfare, um, unemployment, Section 8 HUD, and fraud. Anybody else got anything? We need to get a definite list of the number of welfare programs there are in this country. Well, thank you. That's something that we should table, I think, and maybe do a little bit more research on. What do you think? That's and then we should get back together and discuss it next week. Okay. Okay. All right. Ashley, if you could definitely make sure and include that on the meeting minutes. She's in the restroom. She's in the okay. restroom. I'll note it. Okay. Investigate all um, – what was that, Mark? Did you say uh, all, welfare all, programs? All welfare programs. All welfare or government assistance programs. Okay. All welfare or – Government assisted. Yeah, we just need a list. Okay. Well, all right. And how many do you think there are? Hmm. I have too many. I don't have enough fingers and toes. Well, if there are that many of them, okay, then we need to be able to table it and put it and pick it back up next week. So. How about everybody just take a look and see what you can find for, um, you know, government-assisted or welfare programs overall and come up with your own list. And we'll um, go through them this time next week. In 2014, it says there was 80 federal welfare programs. There you go. So I'm assuming that um, now on those welfare programs, there's got to be certain ones that ought to be able to be potentially outdated? This one's a single mother's guide. List of all 80 federal welfare programs. Okay. Oh, SNAP. Uh, okay. Pell Grant. Um, let's see here. Cash assistance, earned income tax credit, uh, supplemental security income, child tax credit, Temporary assistance for needy families. Well, now this uh, earned income credit—that's the one that I'm questioning that needs to be. But that's going made. away. Yeah, I heard it was too. So that's one we definitely probably don't need on the list for moving forward. That's why I brought and that. Medicare Part D low-income subsidy and Medicaid. But that—that's not all. That's just on a chart. Uh, okay. Yeah, there's a lot on here. Okay. Well, um, that's something that you might want to grab up and, and hold on to for future reference, unless you've got some that, you can in, that you'd like to include or list now. I think Pell Grant should be added on our list. Yep. Uh, let's see. There's a lot. Well, that's the thing that I don't understand, because, you know, one of the big uh, comments that Bernie had during the election was, you know, free college. Well, what do they think a Pell Grant is? Everybody know? Uh, how they get it? 
how you get it, a Pell Grant? Yeah, you'd be low income. Okay, it's not just, is it just low income? Oh, no. There's about 15 or 20 different criteria for that. Well, if somebody loses an immediate parent. Yes, they're eligible. If you're a ward of the state, at any point in time, you're automatically eligible. Um, if the, the the criteria for that is exponential. Yep. That one's going to be one that will require some in-depth discussion because there's a lot of facets to that program. And to a degree, I think that that program has the potential to pay back into society. I do, too. So that one requires That's not one that I would process. recommend eliminating. Well, I don't think you eliminate it. I think you change some of the criteria, but uh, it's almost to the the mark as okay, far as... Okay, but we uh, could just list it as Bell Grant, Bell Grant reform. How's that? Jill, as soon as this call is stopped recording, call me on my work line, please. Okay. Um, let's just put listed as Bell Grant. Um, Ed Stoddard is another one. I'm sorry, what? Head Start. Head Start is an awful program. Exactly. That is um, pretty much a a preschool that is uh, like daycare, correct? Right, and they're getting younger and younger. No, they take them younger, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Or it's not I mean, anymore. It's just a black Family planning is number one on the list here. Well, and I know that they give out those vouchers for daycare, don't they? At least I had heard yes, they did. They're over, it's a block grant. It's a block grant state to state. But my bigger problem is the gas subsidy. Okay. So, are we talking know. about the corporate? Jill, are, are we going to table this topic to give everybody an opportunity to come up with a list of some of these and pick Bell it up Grant, next week? Or, yes, yes. Because the time the time is... 10.30, I understand. Yeah. Okay. All right, so let's table this and let's look into it a little bit further for next week. Um, you know, if you want to, if you've got an interest in Pell Grants, whatever, just take whatever uh, kind of sticks out at you and find out whatever information you can on it. I'm going to try to look at each one that I have, uh, or each one on the list, and uh, get some information out there for myself. And um, I move that we table the discussion until next week and uh, call the meeting to be adjourned. Or does someone want to do that, please? A second. Okay. okay so that'd be that. Um, thanks, guys. I appreciate it. Now, uh, for future reference, uh, let's plan to take up health care for our next one. And after that, education. All right? Moving forward just so that we have that on the list of meeting minutes. Ashley? 
Ten four. Oh, so she's not back yet. <laughs> Thank Negative. you, Alan. I I appreciate it, Alan, very much. Thank you. No problem. Okay. Well, has anybody got any questions for this evening? Wow, everybody speak at once. I guess that's a no. Okay, well, listen, thanks so much for joining us, and I hope everybody has a good evening. Okay? You too. Thanks so much. Bye-bye now. Bye. With Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo, and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.